This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. The experts at Web.com want to build your business a successful website for free. Plus, we'll promote it on all the major search engines. If after 30 days you're happy, we'll continue to provide promotion, hosting, support, and maintenance, all for one low monthly fee. If not, cancel and pay nothing. Call right now and you'll also get a free .com or .net domain name for your new website, powered by VeriSign, the world's leading domain name provider. Call 800-215-0465. That's 800-215-0465. Delving into current events to uncover relevant wisdom. Uncover relevant wisdom. This is the Charlie Harari Show with Charlie Harari on the Blaze Radio Network. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Charlie Harari Show. Great to have you back. Hope everyone had an incredible week. Great to be back with you again. Another week has gone by as we march ourselves towards June. Happy Memorial Day to everybody. I hope everybody is having a respectful Memorial Day. I think it's really important, just before I begin the show, to take a minute and really pay respect to the people that are out there fighting for our liberty and for our freedom every single day. Memorial Day, I think in some communities, has become a little bit more of a holiday where you get the day off, you get to do what you do. um, And I think it really should be a real remembrance day. I know that, like I spoke about this earlier, I remember one year I was in Israel during their Memorial Day, and I was taken by how the entire country stopped. Literally, that's what happens. There's a bell that goes off, like, a, like almost like a, a, a siren that goes off at a certain point during the day. And I remember this because I was there during this time, and I was on the road going somewhere to an event, and all of a sudden, the sirens, the country's sirens go off. And the cars on the highway stop. I mean, on the highway. I was on the highway, and my cab came to a screeching halt on a major highway. Stopped the car and said, get out. I was like, what, what, what? you know, you, you never want to hear that in Israel. Get out. I'm like, no, nah, I'm sorry. And I got out and looked around and saw that the entire highway was filled with stopped cars, and people getting out for that moment of silence for the soldiers. And I think we, our soldiers deserve exactly the same. Uh, we need to make sure that whatever we're doing this Memorial Day, whatever is going, whatever we're planning on doing, and whatever we get on the day off, it's not about sales or barbecues. It's about people and families and moms and dads that are missing their kids and husbands and wives that are missing their loved ones. It's about that little girl who doesn't have daddy because daddy put on a uniform, and run run across the world to make sure that we can live in freedom. It's that little boy who's got no one to have a catch with or read bedtime stories to because daddy or mommy is not with them anymore because they pay the ultimate price for the freedoms that we all take for granted. And so whatever we're doing this weekend, um, I hope and pray that we can spend a little bit of time just grabbing a couple of minutes of perspective and giving honor and respect to our troops that really pay the ultimate price for the ha- for the society that we have right now. And so happy Memorial Day to everybody. Um, and to somebody who fought in the military or lost somebody in the military, um, my, my respect for you is beyond words. And may all our troops be safe. May all the families that have suffered losses uh, be comforted. May all those families that have their loved ones home, be able to look at them and realize how great they are. And may all those troops that are back home, and I know that our country has not done a good enough job in 
making them feel celebrated. The VA is an absolute disaster and a mess. May our troops realize how special they are and how much of a bright future that they have going forward. Last week, we did a show on the economy. You know, I mentioned last week I had given um, a excerpt of the show that I did for Michael Pelka on the Pure Pelka show. And the topic of that show was how the economy is really the cause for the political unrest that we're in right now and the rise of two outsider candidates, Bernie Sanders and Donald Trump. And I got to tell you, the the one stat that I mentioned again and again, and if you didn't hear that show, if you'd like to, it's you know, it's just check the podcast from last week. The one stat that I saw that really blew me away was the stat on the millennial men, right? Traditionally, and I know that today men and women are both in the workplace, um, but traditionally men have, over the course of time, been arguably a incredible piece of the economic engine, not just men, but millennial men. Well, not well. The word millennial means just a generation, but just where they are right now, right? Millennials today are 18 to like 30, right? 18 to 30 years old from the history of time, like from Adam until now, the most productive part of our lives is 18 to 30, right? Anybody who is over 30, do you remember what it was like to be 21, right? I remember I was playing basketball the other day and a guy next to me was playing with me and I used to be a, a you know somewhat of a ball player and my mind was making moves my body couldn't follow and a guy turned to me and there's another kid who I don't think was as good as me maybe it was because of a little bit of the you know on the court ego and he goes don't worry it's one thing that he has that you can't teach I'm like what does he have that you can't teach that I don't have and he turns to me and he goes 21 right you can't teach 21 Legs are different, right? You recover differently. You can go out. You wake up the next day. You're fine. You go to the gym. You do a couple of reps. You got muscles, right? You you, you plow uh, an all-you-can-eat buffet on the weekend, and you seem to have not gained an inch. Do you remember those days, anybody? And if you are that right now, don't for a second think this is going to be forever because you're going to be 40 in a minute, and you're going to be 35, and you're going to be 50 or whatever else you're going to be. And as time goes on, your body is going to go through changes, and so the most productive members of society, at least economically, should be 18 to 30-year-olds. And it happens to be in our country, one out of six, 16%. I mean, that's a, that's a crazy number. One out of six millennial men are either unemployed or in jail. And so we spoke the entire show about how that one bit of data, and now remember, one male... Right in that space has you know parents theoretically right you know they, practically but who you know that has parents and he may be married and he may have brothers and sisters and he may even have children and so that one person is probably affecting you know eight ten people around him not to mention the parents who are worried about him uncles and aunts right so so when you have that many people unemployed or 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 imprisoned you have a completely different feeling in terms of where the election is going and there's such unrest there's such political problems that the people are just clamoring for a change and they want different which is really where we are right now so 
what I got in return, I mean, and some of the feedback that I got from some of you, and I really appreciate the feedback. And if you're out there, and every time you email me, it's charlie at charlieharari.com, C-H-A-R-L-I-E at C-H-A-R-L-I-E-H-A-R-A-R-Y.com. Or if you tweet out the show or you Facebook me, whatever it is, it means a lot. Right? You know, when you're doing a radio show, I tell people all the time, when you do radio and podcasting, you do it alone, right? You need quiet. So you're literally in a room alone talking to a mic and your brain is saying, why are you talking to yourself for? Right? You're, you're, you know there's somebody else listening, but you're not really so sure because there's nobody in front of you. So I'm staring at a wall and I'm like just talking. And then you find out that someone actually was listening and it makes a huge difference. So I appreciate that. And those who reached out, thank you. And I got an email this week from one of the listeners and he asked me to try to explain why this is happening for, right? It's one thing to say, hey, we're, we have all this unemployment. People are upset. You know, people are making less money or the same money and they can't afford things anymore. And the economy's down, Donald Trump or Bernie Sanders. But can you help us, he asked, understand how we got here? Like, what happened? Like, we just woke up one morning and the economy's terrible? And what we can do to make sure that we are not caught up in this, right? Why be in the passenger seat of life when you can be in the driver's seat? Now, in your life, what you are doing, money will play an integral role to your happiness. It doesn't buy you happiness. It is not the definition of happiness. If you don't believe me, go look at Hollywood and you will see people with enormous amounts of money and very little in comparison of happiness, However, if you don't have it, it's going to be what you think about. And what I want to do on this show, and if you stick with me, I know this is a little more, it's this, this is an area that is very difficult to sort of talk through in a show like this. So as I go on, if you want more, just email me and I'll try to do follow-up pieces to this for you. But I want to take a few minutes today and give you an overview about how some parts of the economy work and how we got to where we are right now. And if you've never sort of had a minute to sit back and ask yourself, how does the engine work? Right? I'm hearing this. I'm hearing all prices are down. I'm hearing stocks of this. I'm hearing interest rates. I'm hearing all of these terms. I pick it up. I don't pick it up. I like reading. I don't like reading it. Wherever you are in life, if you're working or if you're consuming food, right? Or products. So it means if you're alive, you are a piece of the economy. And if you don't really know how it all fits, if you never took a step back and saw the machine, right? I remember when I was a, when I was, when I was a couple of years ago, I brought my little, I had little kids, I still have little kids, but they were, my oldest were little and we took them to Pennsylvania to go see, um, the, uh, the hurt, uh, not the Hertz factory, that potato chips factory. Uh, I forgot which potato chips, but there's a potato chips factory in Pennsylvania that we went to go see. I bet you you're right now thinking in your head, it's coming to you. Um, I thought it was an H. I just can't remember it off the top of my head. So we go down to see this factory and um, my kids were blown away. So was I because, you know, you think that potato chips is like, you know, some guys like, you know, peeling the potatoes and sprinkling some salt and like putting it into a bag and like zipping it up and putting it on a truck. And what you're seeing is like for a minute, like, you have to walk through these hallways 
and like they have windows and you look down and there's like factories right there's like hundreds and hundreds of chips coming through these these huge assembly lines and there's like you know the exact amount of salt being dropped on them and then they get you know they, they're underneath this little like you know these uh, infrared lights that they get toasted and they get dropped into a bag and you know and you're like whoa it's like so incredible just to see how the factory works for one minute and then you go back to buying the potato chips so let's just for a minute just begin to, to understand and to see how this factory that we all live and play in works. And I want to take a couple of minutes and I'll go through this. It'll be sort of a high level trying to understand it. Hopefully you'll get a piece, but, and this is the most, why we're doing it here, because if you, if you're new to the Charlie Harari show, you, you'll, you don't know this, but if you've been here before, you know that life teaches lessons. And in fact, there is an incredibly important lesson that we can learn from just the economy about how to change and to adapt our lives. It's a very simple lesson that I'm going to teach you at the end that can really shift how you live your life that you will see throughout the entire economy. So let's take a minute and we'll start talking about some of the bigger pictures here of just sort of how the economy works um, and how we got to where we are. So let's break it down to the most basic term. Okay. Everything, if you take the entire economy and you break it down, the most basic function of the economy is a transaction, right? That's what it is. I want something, you have something I'm going to give you for that something that you have either money or credit, right? So I want to get a banana you have a stand on the corner of the street. I'm going to walk up to you and I'm going to give you a dollar. And, you know, in today's day and age, you'll, you probably have like a square piece that you put on your iPhone and I'm either going to hand you a dollar for the banana or I'm going to hand you a credit card that you'll swipe. I don't have that money. It's not my money that I gave you, right? I'm going to have to pay my credit card bill later, but that's credit. That's debt. I owe that money now to somebody else, but now I can get the banana today even though I got to pay my bill tomorrow, right? So everything we're doing, everything you're doing today, I guarantee you, you will engage in a dozen or so transactions, whether they are online, whether they are in the grocery store, whether they're a haircut that you get, you want to get tickets, whatever you're doing all day, the world, if you can just, if you're sitting in an airplane, and you're looking down, you are looking at the world interacting with a billion transactions every single day. And in that transaction, somebody has either a good or a service and he's trading that good or service with either cash or credit, either money you have in your hand or money that you're borrowing from somebody else. And you're, that person's paying for you and you're promising to pay that person back. That in the most basic terms is how the economy works is the ability to spend money right? Spending money is the driver of the economy. When we spend money, the economy grows, right? Because when I spend money, you make money. So you have more money. So what do you know? What do you do with it? You spend it. So someone else makes money and then they spend it. So someone else makes money. And so everybody is making more and more and more money. And so the driver, if you will, of the economy, what is it? What a healthy economy is, is an economy in which we all 
spend money. You wake up in the morning and you want a nicer this and you want to get make sure your your, stock, your your fridge is stocked with stuff. So you go to the grocery store, you spend all this money on your fridge. And the guy who's working in the grocery store or owning the grocery store says, hey, I got all this extra money. I'm going to go out and make my house nicer. And he builds a nicer house. And all the contractors are like, great, this is awesome. I get to I get to be, make a kitchen. And they come home and they go, honey, some guy just ordered a kitchen for me. So then guess what? We're getting a new pair of shoes. And, and his wife goes out and buys a new pair of shoes and the shoemaker says, or the shoe salesman says, this is amazing. I, got, I could sell shoes. I always wanted to go on a cruise. And he goes on a cruise and the sailors and all of us start to spend money, make more money, and then spend more money and then make more money. That is how an economy grows. That is how we increase our standard of living. Right? All of us will increase the way we eat, will increase how we live, will increase on the vacations, will incre- we'll increase on the education we can afford for our children. Right? How many of us have kids that need more attention, that need more tutoring? How many of us want to go to school and will be smarter? And the way it's supposed to work is that we all spend money, and by spending money, we get bigger and stronger and smarter and more industrious and we spend more and we make more and spend more and make more. That is the way it is supposed to work. When we come back, we're going to talk about how does it really work? You're listening to the Charlie Rari show on the blaze radio network. We'll be right back. Delve into current events to uncover relevant wisdom. This is the Charlie Harari show with Charlie Harari. The experts at Web.com want to build your business a successful website for free. Plus, we'll promote it on all the major search engines. If after 30 days you're happy, we'll continue to provide promotion, hosting, support, and maintenance, all for one low monthly fee. If not, cancel and pay nothing. Call right now and you'll also get a free .com or .net domain name for your new website, powered by VeriSign, the world's leading domain name provider. Call 800-215-0465. That's 800-215-0465. This is the Charlie Harari Show with Charlie Harari on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to the Charlie Harari Show, talking about the economy, how it works, so that we can understand how we can make more money and be more protected and not be subject to the winds that are happening around us. No matter what you're doing, the economy is important to you, whether you like it or not, whether you're interested or not, this is affecting your life and it will affect your children. So it's worth it just for a minute, take a minute and look back and try to understand it. So we spoke last section, last segment, last section, last segment about spending. That's the key. The key to it all is spend money. Spend money, make money, spend money, make money. Transactions are the way the economy rolls. So how do you spend money? So the answer is, is really one of two ways. Either you spend money by earning money or you spend money by borrowing money. So let's talk about it from two specific cycles. It's actually a concept I got from my one of the top fund, hedge fund uh, investors in the world named Ray Dalio. So here's here's how you can understand it. The one way of looking at it is what, what they call productivity Right, you're more productive. You had you were a, a you know let's you know a guy you know is 15 years old and he wants to get a job, so he's caddying at a golf club or he's working at a restaurant and he's making X dollars, you know, a few dollars an hour. Okay, he doesn't really have a lot of skills. Right, he's a high school kid. What can he do? Like, 
you know, tweet? Like, what is, not, not, no offense to high school kids, but like, how much experience do you really have in life? Very little. So you go out and you, and you, um, and you get a job and you make a couple of dollars. But then you go to college and you get a degree in engineering or whatever. So then you go out and you get a job as an engineer. And now that, that job as an engineer gets you so much more money, you're more productive. And then you have an idea to start, you know, a, a different way of engineering. So you go out and you have clients and you're more productive. And then you, you come up with a, a, you keep on pushing hard and you hire someone, right? What you're doing is over the course of your life, you're increasing your earnings because you're bringing more value to the market. That's it, right? That's how you make more money. When people want more of what you have to offer, people will pay you for it, whether it's a thing you produce or a thing that you are. That's called productivity. The way the economy is supposed to work is we are get better. We get better and better and better. Each of us become more and more and more valuable. And when you have more value, you have more money. When you have more money, you spend more money. So when you were in high school, you had to live in mom and dad's house, and you had to you know eat fast food, and you you know shared the Netflix account with your parents. And then you're in college, you make a little more. And then when you're, you know, in your 30s and you're, you know, in your career, you get to buy your own home, right? You spend more money and you have your own family and you, and you're the head of the Netflix account or whatever it is, right? That's how it's supposed to work. However, there's another way to spend money. How is that? You spend money by borrowing it, right? If I want to buy a TV and I don't have the money for the TV because I only make a certain amount of, you know, of, of dollars per hour then how am I going to get my TV? But I want my TV. So what society has done is said to us, hey, listen, we're going to allow you to buy the TV today and pay me back in the future. It's called credit or debt, right? For now, we're going to, those, are, those two words are different, but we'll use them the same, right? So there are credit card companies or there are banks who make a living, and there's nothing wrong with this, who make a living giving you money that you don't earn, that you don't have, that you haven't earned yet today so that you can buy what you want as long as you give that money back to them in the future with a little bit extra called an interest rate, right? So if I'm going to lend you, the bank says, you know, $1,000 to buy the television, great, enjoy it. You have to pay me back that $1,000, obviously, and you only got to pay me that $1,000 back, but I got to make a living, right? So I need you to pay me back that $1,000 plus a percentage more. Maybe I'll charge you a few percentage. And you get, now, don't give me back 1000 You have to give me back $1,300. Okay, it's called an interest rate. So there's two ways now. I walk into, I work into, walk into Circuit City, if that, that's even still around anymore. And I walk and I see this huge big screen TV. And I say, I want it. And my wife says, but you can't afford it. And I go, I know, but I want it. Look how big it is. I'm going to watch the Giants play on that screen. I got to have it. But I don't have enough money in my pocket. I don't have enough cash. I don't have enough in my checking account. I know what I'll do. I'm going to hand them a piece of plastic, a credit card or whatever, and they're going to give it to me today. And I know that in the future, I'm going to have to pay that credit card company back the $1,000 for the television plus the interest that they're going to charge me. Now, if you would ask, what is a bigger cause of spending, extra earning or debt, what would you think? And of course, the answer is debt, right? Because who has, we're living in America, like who has that level of discipline? How many people do you know live a life 
where they buy things that they can that, that they can afford. We live a life that we live our lives. And so if we can't afford something today, we borrow to get it, right? How many of us have ever bought a house in which you paid cash for the house? Nobody. Nobody, unless mom and dad gave it to you, or you're old enough to afford it yourselves because you've, you've worked a lot of money. Most people that buy their first house, they put a couple of dollars down, call the down payment, and they borrow the rest from the bank. And the bank says, here, take all this money. Here's a, here's here's $250,000. There you go. Enjoy your first house. Remember, you got to pay me back that two fifty plus a little bit extra. It's called an interest rate. Now, if the interest rates... Are, that which, by the way, are being set for the most part by the government. Okay, if the interest rates are low, people will borrow more money. Eh, so what's the big deal? If I get, if you're going to give me a thousand dollars and I only, I'm only going to give you eleven hundred dollars back, that's 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 pretty cheap. If the interest rates are high, people bar, people will buy borrow less money. And so, if you can take a step back and think of the economy as a place where everyone is just looking to spend money. And the way they spend money is either by earning it or by borrowing it. You understand the, the engine of how we work. And just to give you a sense of numbers, we have $3 trillion, so to speak, of cash, if you will, in the economy. We have $50 trillion of credit. Okay? So... The credit, the banks, the loans, the and how this works. We can, if you email me, you want, I can give you another hour of how credit works and debt and ratios, whatever. But the the idea is that when when I buy something, who's paying for it? Is it me paying for it with the dollar, or is it someone else paying for it? That's going to cost me that dollar ten later on in life. So a minute ago, we spoke about how the economy really is about spending. If I spend on the banana. Right then, someone else is richer, and then that person then goes out and gives somebody else. Right? We want spending. We want because as people spend money, the economy grows and grows and grows and grows and grows. However, if we're borrowing money and spending money, what's happening to the prices? Right? If everybody can afford that same banana, then the demand for that banana goes up, so the prices go up. Right? So now that my same dollar buys less. So what the government does is the government regulates interest rates, right? The government says, hey, listen, I don't want, I want to make sure I know how much spending is going on. So when there's a real increase, there's an expansion, there's a lot of spending going on, the government will increase interest rates. It'll be harder for me to borrow money. It'll be more expensive. So I'll borrow less. So I'll spend less so that there'll be less money in the economy. And so as a result, everything calms down a little bit. Picture the government like the person standing by a flame in the kitchen, right? There's a boiling pot, and all of a sudden, and that pot really boils because of all the debt we take, and we borrow more, and spend more, and borrow more. Now, remember, I borrow more, and I spend money on the on, on the banana, and then that guy borrows more and spends money on the shoes, and then that guy borrows more, right? As you make, you borrow. As you make, you borrow, and the, and the, and the water begins to boil and boil and boil and boil and boil, and at some point, it's too hot, so the government simmers it down a little bit, and now, all of a sudden, it becomes harder to borrow, so people spend less. So then it simmers, but then it gets a little bit too cool and they go, oh, I need the economy to grow again. So it picks it up and puts it down and it picks it up and puts it down. And that's what every time you see in the paper that the government is increasing or decreasing interest rates, that's what's happening. Whenever you see the government's going to do this, the Fed's going to do that, all that stuff 
is the government figuring out how much is being spent every day, or and how the and how much we should make borrowing higher or lower? Okay, so we've got spending, we've got money I earned, productivity, and we've got debt. So I may be getting a little technical, but I'm about to be done. And then if you want more, just email because this is obviously this is a much more complicated area. But if you want more, email me and maybe I'll do a special side podcast for those that want a little bit more detail on this. But here's sort of the basics of it. Over the course of the past decade, decade and a half, what has happened is, or look, what always happens is that people borrow and then it simmers. But once, as opposed to stopping to spend, they just forget and they just keep on borrowing. And they borrow and borrow and borrow and borrow and borrow. So over the past 15 years, what happened was we had all this money hitting the world, right? And we went 2000, remember that that dot-com bubble, people spending all this money and all that busted, right? And people borrowed all this money and spent it, but now they have to pay it back and they don't have it, right? That's the problem with debt is at some point, you know, the rooster comes home. That's even an expression. And then as soon as that happens, everything starts to spiral because I have a debt and I, don't, I can't pay money for my debt. I'm going to pay money on the new bananas. So spending stops. People have less money. And then we cycle downward. And so what happened over the past decade and a half was that the government kept interest rates really low for housing. Right. This is sort of the beginning of why we are where we are. So imagine a, a world where we're not the economy is not being generated by how much money we earn. It's being generated by how much money we can borrow. So everybody's going out and buying homes and buying things that they can't afford because the the interest rates are low, because it's easy to borrow, because it's cheap to borrow. You can walk into a brand new house and the, and it's you, you're buying it for half a million dollars. You can't afford a half a million dollars, but the, but the bank is saying, hey, don't worry about it. It's it, You'll pay it back over the course of 30 years and it's cheap. Look how cheap it is. Um, it's not even so expensive to borrow money anymore. It's it's only you only have to pay me back a million plus a little bit, and we go okay. And you know, in fact, the first few years, um, you don't have to even pay it back at all. It's just called interest only. I'm just going to give you. You don't have to pay back the principal even. You just got to pay back a little bit every month. It's almost like rent. It's cheaper than rent. Just and the Americans are buying and buying and borrowing and borrowing and borrowing and borrowing, and you're looking at an economy that everybody thinks that we're rich because your house is worth so much, but it's only worth so much because everyone who can't afford it is borrowing to buy it. So you have a world where we're not building factories. We're not building education. An individual is not saying, hey, if I want to make, if I want to live in that house, I got to go back to school. I got to come up with my idea. I got to work till two o'clock in the morning. I got to really bust to be able to afford. No. What they're saying is, all I got to do is borrow it. I just got to sign on the dotted line. Okay, I'm in. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. I don't have to actually do more to afford more. I can just borrow it. Sure, I'll just borrow it. And what we what what happened for those that in two thousand four, five, six is this world and how it happened is a whole discussion. But what happened was transactions, right? The basis of the economy was not being done based on how much money I have. It was being done based on how much money I borrowed, and everybody was borrowing and borrowing. And you're not building, you know, it's amazing. They didn't build factories. You know what they built? Condos. Because I can buy for a housing price. I can get a a mortgage for cheaper than I can get a a loan on building a factory to produce more stuff. 
So all of us, the whole economy, people, and whose fault is it? Is it the people's fault? Is it the bank's fault? And depending on what side of the aisle that you're on, Bernie says it's the banks, the Republican says it's the people. It's, it doesn't matter. The reality is, what's happening is, all of this borrowing and borrowing and borrowing and borrowing leaves people over the course of, of, of time with so much more stuff, but no one can afford it. And then all of a sudden, the music stops, right? Musical chairs, the music stops. And now you can't borrow anymore. And now you don't have enough money to pay back your loans because there's so much money in the economy, right? Prices went up. So now you have the same amount of money you were earning 10 years earlier, but it costs more money to buy milk. It costs more money to buy a home. It costs more money to buy a car. It costs more money to live my life. And all of that was all being generated off this bubble called debt. And what we're living in right now is a decade almost of trying to what they call deleverage. They're trying to get back to a world where we're actually normalized again. Because all the homes that were built that were being sent to somebody else that couldn't afford it, what happens to all that? And all the extra stuff that people have and all the fact, all the prices that are now set are prices that were set because people were spending money that wasn't even their money. They were putting it on credit cards. They were borrowing from the banks. So what happens to those prices of goods? I'm still making the same amount that I made five years ago. My, my wages didn't go up. All those businesses that are out of business right now, because people didn't really want their stuff. They just had extra money to spend. All of that has been de- decreasing and declining and decreasing and declining and decreasing and declining. When we come back, we're going to talk about just what that does to an economy, to a people, and most importantly, what that means for me and you and how we can use this to change our lives today. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Charlie Harari Show on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to The Charlie Harari Show with Charlie Harari on the Blaze Radio Network. Jay Severin. They all fall in behind Hillary, uh, like last night on television. But, you know, I, I mean, with that, this was to be expected and factored in. I don't like it. You oughtn't like it. But... It is what it is. And the funny thing is that despite all of those media advantages and prejudices, Hillary's going to lose. Jay Severin. Weekdays, 3 to 5 p.m. Eastern. On the Blaze Radio Network. It's not just about the facts. It's about perspective. This is the Charlie Harari Show with Charlie Harari. Welcome back to the show. Talking about the economy and how the economy works. For those that are joining us now for the first time, basically, we're living in a world of transactions. And you either buy things, sell things, or you either buy things because of you have the money or debt. Having the money means you earned more, which is good. Having too much debt means that you're borrowing more, which isn't so good. And we're right now, 2016, living still, still off the mistakes of our all, all our collective activities in five and six and 2005 and six and the bust of 2008 and how that bust led our economy to sort of spiral downwards because the goods and services are too high, because 
all this stuff is on the market that nobody can afford and what that does for everybody else. So here's what happens. Now watch. You're a millennial, okay? You are a high school kid during the boom. Everybody's getting rich, right? Everything is flying high. No one's focused on productivity. And then you graduate into a world of contraction. You graduate into a world where the businesses that were growing are now contracting, right? The, con- the contractors that were once so busy that they had 50 kitchens to make because everyone was buying a home that they couldn't afford because they borrowed it from the bank, and that guy's got 50 people in his construction company, guess what? All those people can't afford homes. None of them are living in homes now. What do you think happened to this construction kitchen business? That would have been five jobs to, to, to the workforce. That's all gone. And all those goods... And all that stuff that was being, we're buying things and more and more and more. And the companies are spending more and more. And as a result of, we're not actually making our workers better. We're just sending it over for cheaper and sending it for cheaper. So it's going to China and this. And the need for more and more stuff and more and more stuff and more and more stuff is now moving all the products overseas. The factories don't need anyone to hire. Right? And back when we were, you know, 50 years ago, you went to college, you were told by your parents, if you don't get an amazing skill, you're not going to get employed. Guess what? If you went to college 10 years ago, they're telling you, just come out, you'll be fine. So where all these philosophy majors are in the workplace looking and going, I can't, all these sociology majors, all these party majors, right? You graduated in like, you know, Greek studies because you were in a frat, and now you're coming out of college, and you get $100,000 in debt, and you don't have any skills. So... You're not employed. That's where we are. We're right now in a place where hardworking people are saying, hey, wait a second, I'm working two, three jobs, and I can't afford my life. Why is that? And where are other people saying, I want to be working, and I can't work, because everybody is now hung over from a world in which we borrowed and borrowed and borrowed, but nobody had the money. Now, you see, when you borrow money, you're really borrowing against yourself, Right? What you're saying is, I'm borrowing it today, but I'll pay it back tomorrow. But if you don't get it tomorrow, then you get nothing. And that's where we are right now. When you hear Bernie Sanders get up there and rail against the banks, what he's saying is that the banks let this happen because the banks were making money off this, which they were. That's why people are upset. That's why he's so popular. It's not because Bernie Sanders has, has got any orator, oratory skills. It's not because in any world, if we were living in a, in, a, in a good economy, Bernie Sanders wouldn't even get out of the gate. But he's saying what people are feeling, which is, I'm working hard, I got three jobs, and I can't make a living. Why is that? And he's turning to the people who made these products and saying it's because of their fault. And by the way, when things are down, it's always good to blame somebody. When Donald Trump gets up and says, it's because they took our, 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 our jobs to China, and when I become president, I'm going to tax China so that the, chi- the goods coming out of that place will be more expensive. What he's saying is, I'm going to change our system to make it that it's going to be cheaper to buy American products. Because as we grew and grew and grew, we forgot to protect our own people. And I'm going to rig it so that people will want will, will make more money here. What everybody is saying today is, I know how to fix this because we are 
in a downward spiral of holding on as all the debt that we've all accumulated starts to go out. You know what this is like? This is like sitting in front of your television for like five years and pounding fast food and potato chips and soda and doing nothing and waking up in the morning and just burgers and fries and burgers and fries and going to your doctor and your doctor saying, hey, buddy, you're going to die. And you're going, what do you, what do you mean? Like your body is right now malfunctioning. Get up and go to the gym. And now this is the process of your body trying to feel healthy and trying to fit into clothes. That's where we are right now. And I hope that you're seeing it versus sort of like picking up like a little bit here. And by the way, this is just, you know, we, this is like, you know, a half an hour. We, we, we can talk about this for 10 hours, each piece and how it works. But there's one piece that I missed, which is really, really where I want to draw a lesson from. You see, debt is actually a very good thing if it's used properly, right? If I have a credit card or a bank and I use it to borrow and I use it to buy a television, I'm using it improperly. Why? Because what I'm doing is I'm borrowing to consume. Now, obviously, if I can't afford food, it's one thing. But if I am just trying to consume something, consuming means I take it and I enjoy it while I have it. And then after a while, it's worth nothing. Right? When you buy a television set, you take it, you enjoy it. After a couple of years, it's worth nothing. There's a new one out. Right? When you buy, when you borrow to go on vacation, right? you take it, you enjoy it, and then it's gone. Right? When you consume something, the idea is that I want it, I'm going to enjoy it, and then I'm done with it. I need a new one. So when you borrow to consume, right? when you buy a house you can't afford, when you buy a car you can't afford, when you live a life you can't afford, what happens is you start to go under debt. That's where we are. But debt actually is really good if it's used not to consume but to invest, right? How do you think you start a business, right? You borrow money and you build a factory or you build a, a, a business or you start an office or you go to college, right? And you say, okay, I'm going to borrow money and I hope that when I take this money, I'm going to make more money from it or I'm going to make something valuable from it. It's not just money. I'm going to be more valuable. So I'm going to borrow money. I'm going to go to school. But when I'm done with school, I am going to be, so to speak, worth it. I'm going to borrow money, I'm going to start a company, but my company is going to be worth it because over the course of the next few years, I'm going to make money. So that $100 that I borrow over the course of a bunch of years is going to be worth much, much more than 100 And so borrowing to invest is really a good idea. Borrowing to consume is really a bad idea. And what we're suffering from right now is a world where we all borrow to consume we didn't borrow to invest. Had we borrowed the money to build more companies, had we borrowed the money to build more factories, had we borrowed the money to build more education, had we borrowed the money to do things that's going to give a more value to society, we wouldn't be in this problem. But we borrowed the money because we wanted more stuff. And stuff goes away. And that's where we are where we are. We are right now in a place where we are grappling and dealing with the borrowing of the money to consume. But that's not just about the economy. 
It's about every single one of us. When we come back, we're going to talk about what happens in every one of our lives and how borrowing to consume versus borrowing to invest can be the difference in how you lead your life. We'll be right back. This is Charlie Harari listening to the Blaze Radio Network. It's more than just events. It's what they mean to your life. This is the Charlie Harari Show with Charlie Harari. Don't miss the morning blaze with Doc and Skip. This is a show on MSNBC called With All Due Respect. There has been a lot of spin about this issue from both sides. So to frame the question before us, we thought we'd call in the lead singer of the 90s rock band, Spin Doctors. There's been a lot of spin in relation to the campaign, so they thought they'd bring on the lead singer of the Spin Doctors. Yeah, that's it. That's it, folks. I'm, uh, He's I'm a out. Spin Doctor. The morning blaze with Doc and Skip. Weekday morning, 6 to 9 Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network. It's more than just events. It's what they mean to your life. This is the Charlie Harari Show with Charlie Harari. Welcome back to the show. Speaking about the economy, speaking about leverage, about borrowing, about debt, about cash. And we spoke a little bit last time about the good borrowing versus bad borrowing. Good borrowing is when you borrow something to invest to become better. And bad borrowing is you borrow something to consume which means to have something now, but you won't have it later. And this, by the way, doesn't only have to do with money. This has to do with everything in life. You know, we're living a life right now where every minute in front of us is this constant, I don't know if the word is, it's like this constant reminder or push to consume. Buy, 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 right? Everywhere you turn is get this, buy this, get this, buy this. You need this, you need this, you need this. You know, every holiday season is like this toy, that toy, this toy toy that toy everything we're doing every every everything around us are these reminders that you'll be happier if you buy you'll be happier if you buy you'll be happier if you buy get it now 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 and we think that the the way life works is that we can somehow get things now we really believe that there's going to be a diet that we're going to find one day that will overnight have us lose all our weight we really believe that we really believe someone saying, no money down, real estate investing, you'll, you'll be rich by the weekend. We believe this nonsense because we think that there's a way to get what I want quickly. Now, there's ways to get it quicker, but success in every single aspect in life always has two choices. There's the productivity angle. You earn more, you grow, it's slow. It's steady and it's real. And then there's the borrow one. You get it right now. Why wait? Why get another job and wait a year to afford the television? Why not get it right this second? And it's only only one. You only have to pay me back 10%. So we jump for things because we want them now. And this applies to every one of our lives. Right? How do we eat? When we look at a piece of food... Do we cons- eat it to consume or do we eat it to invest? Do we ask ourselves, okay, I had a meal. Is that meal so that I feel good for the 15 seconds that it goes down? Or am I, if I just invested in my body so that over the next 20 years when I eat like this, I'm going to have 20 more years of life and be healthy and be well and sleep well and not have all these medical issues. Speak to somebody who's sitting in a hospital room right this second with 
obesity or diabetes or all that other stuff that all of science is telling us right now is because of their eating habits and ask them how they feel if it was worth it. That is the economy. That's the same thing. It's the same thing. It's a person saying, I'm going to borrow off my life to sit and eat like a cow for 20 years so that I'm what, what, what's going to what I'm, it's free. It's food. And then watch that guy or that woman sit in a hospital room. They can't move around. They got all these issues that are going on with their heart and they're this and then that. What, what do you think they're saying? Why didn't I just eat healthy? Why didn't I just invest? Why did I overspend on my foods? Not money, cal- calories. It's the same question that they're asking themselves. No. Ask a guy who spent 10 years of his high school life watching pornography all day versus actually realizing that women are not just things on screens that satisfy the fantasies of some crazy producer in Hollywood, as opposed to investing in a real relationship. He invests in pornography and women that he can just get what he wants with and ask them when he's 50 years old or 40 years old or 60 years old. Where's the family? Where's the woman that loves you? Where's that woman by your side that, that has been with you the entire life? Where's, where's that man by your side for the woman? Ask them. What happened? Well, you know, when I was younger, I consumed. I consumed. I can have it now. I can have it now. Why wait for the pleasures of sexuality when I, ha- when I actually have somebody that I love? and I res- Why wait now? Now. Get it. Get it. Consume. Borrow. 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 Free. Easy. Free. Easy. Free. Easy. Wake up one morning. You don't got it. How about the money that we all had or the education that we blew? That's what life's about. It's about the choice between investing or consuming. This is why the economy is suffering right now. And if we elect a president, which I am sure we will, that would never have made it in good times, we are electing a president that's going to take us to a place that we all did not want to be at because we are suffering from what it means to overindulge and borrow versus to earn the discipline, the patience of what it means to walk a race in a slow and steady and real way versus the easy, cheap debt. I want it now. I'm going to have it now. And tomorrow comes when it comes. Today, look around the economy. It's the hangover. But each and every one of us does it every single day. Every day we choose, invest or consume. Every day we're making a dozen of transactions, whether those are with money or with our time. And those transactions are either going to be to invest in our health, in our relationships, in our minds, in our souls. How many of us are, how many people did I, do I meet that are later in lives, in their life, and they're saying to me, I wish I would have spent some time on my faith here I am in life and I'm realizing, what did I run so much for? I, I have no relationship with my creator. I have no relationship to any level of spirituality. I, I got nothing. Because it's hard to be focused on spirituality when you're young. But when you invest in the future, when you invest in yourself, when you invest in your productivity, when you buy things, whether they are actual things or whether they're the things in life that are free, with your productivity, with your greatness... You'll have them forever, but when you buy them cheaply, they're going to leave you with a hangover. They're going to leave you in a recession, which is where we're in right now. And I think that's what life's really all about. It's about not being good or great. It's being awesome. It's by pushing past what we could do 
to what we should do. By looking at the economy today and saying, hey, it's not much different than our lives. It's not so much different from how I'm living. And I hope that a little bit on the show you got how the world works economically. Of course, like I said, reach out to me. I'll do, if you want more on this, I can do more on this for you. But at the very least, hopefully we'll be able to look around at the economy and make good financial choices. Maybe more importantly, make good life choices. This is Charlie Harari thanking you for your time and attention. As always, it's an honor to speak to you. Can't wait to speak to you next week. This is The Charlie Harari Show on the Blaze Radio Network. It's not just about the facts. It's about perspective. This is The Charlie Harari Show with Charlie Harari.